Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, J.D. Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms. We talk about the phobias. Anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to change the narrative? Henry Malden is a fabulous producer and talent manager. His company, Hendar Media, develops and produces scripted and non-scripted film, television, and digital content. We are so excited to have him today for his new film, which made both of us cry, called The Lucky One. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. My pleasure to be here. Super excited to have you here, Henry. Did you just win another award? We just won an award for a a festival that we were in in Australia. We won a Stop Stigma Award at the Cambria Film Festival. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We're trying to do our part. I truly believe you've done your part with this film. We watched it. We couldn't stop talking about it. Watched it again. And I'm big on how experiences feel in the body because that's where the truth lives. And I was so emotionally moved watching this film. You know, the fact that it focuses on this Black couple with who have schizophrenia, I think is just it's groundbreaking. It really is. Before we get started, though, I want to make sure that I let people know what schizophrenia is. Schizophrenia is a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly. The exact cause of schizophrenia is not known, but a combination of genetics, environment, and altered brain chemistry and structure may play a role. Schizophrenia is characterized by thoughts or experiences that seem out of touch with reality disorganized speech or behavior, and decreased participation in daily activities. Difficulty with concentration and memory are also present. So being a Black therapist, I'm aware of the invisibility of Black people and people of color with regard to mental illness and the stigma around it. So I just, again, celebrate you being a part of what's trying to um, decrease stigma around mental illness. You know, it felt extremely important and it felt like it humanized mental illness. It gave it a personality. And that's what's so missing in people's understanding of the disorder and mental illness in general. Was that the intention of the film? Well, yes. Our intention of the film was to make these, this married couple who function, you know, they're highly functioning people, but with these very strong, strong mental health issues, you know, to make them seem like normal people. You know, one of the things that we were trying to do is we, when people see people or when they think of someone with uh, mental health issues, they retreat usually. And our story was all about telling their love story. They just happen to have schizophrenia. But what we were trying to portray was the love that they have for each other. Yeah, that was so evident. It really was. How do you think economics plays into mental illness in the Black community? Economics is one of the major issues right now. What we see is 
there are lots of people out there with mental illness, but if they could have treatments or if they can have treatments and support, then it can make it that much easier for them and for everyone else. But the lower your socioeconomic class, the harder it is to get treatment and the harder it is for people to understand what's going on. Which fosters the stigma. Correct. And why people are so afraid. Yeah, it totally makes sense. One of our, as you well know, J.D., one of our, probably our largest mental health facilities are jails. Yeah. And that's a problem. And it's been a problem for decades now. Yeah. But mental, mental illness is still, you know, it's, it's still growing within the, popu- within the population. There still isn't an answer for health officials to grapple with how to handle these people. Well, and I, I, would, I would add to that and say that there was research done a while ago, probably about 20 years ago, that said the average uh, intellectual level is that of a person who completed the, the second grade. I mean, so if you think about the limitations that that depicts, that, that's hugely impactful and very scary and sad. I mean, basically systems are failing people beginning in elementary school and that, you know, the prison pipeline is real. The fact that, you know, so many brown and black kids are identified as emotionally disturbed is just you know, a gateway to where this ends up, which is either, you know, on the street or uh, in prison. Right. Add the fact that there's a lack of safe places for people to manage their mental illness. You know, what mm-hmm. you're saying is, is definitely true. Right. And the systemic problems that we have too, you know, it just yeah. all plays into it because, I mean, we, we hear these stories every single day about people who are having an episode Mm -hmm. and the episode is not handled properly. Mm -hmm. So it goes awry and for a person of color, mainly a black person, it usually ends up in a, in a usually a very negative space. Yeah. Look, I mean, the police aren't equipped and yet they're the first ones called when there's a mental illness or a mental health crisis in the community that they aren't from and that they're not connected to. It's a problem. There's, there's, no, there's no effective management. We can thank Reagan for pretty much shutting all of that down back in the, uh, in the 80s. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things you said to start off with that I wanted to go back to is, I just want to emphasize for people who are listening that this did not feel like a documentary. You know, it oh. felt personal and intimate. And it was, a, it was like a, a love story being told by family. How did you manage to create that effect? Well, it's it's interesting that you bring it up because because the director Deborah Wilson is cousins with Alexander, who there is we go. the oh, male. So okay, we started that way. One of the other things that we thought was very important was to not use subtitles, yeah, because these guys that you have to engage with the subjects in order to feel, you know, have some sort of empathy for what they are going through. And by using subtitles, we felt that that would make it more clinical. And so it was a, it was a choice not to use subtitles. And I will tell you, it was, we went back and forth with it because there are moments where you're just wondering, I have no idea what Alexander's talking about. It's funny you say that because I never wondered because I, w- I mean, it, it could be because of my clinical lens. So I'll, I'll say that first off, but it, it just drew you in so much emotionally. It didn't matter what he was saying. It was the experience that he was having 
that I felt I was, you know, privileged to be a part of. That's what was so amazing about it. You know what I mean? And the other thing that was, that was really, really profound was the way you had them tell their story. That was, that was just so genius, you know, and, and the, the camera angles, I mean, just every part of it was just, just really amazing. It was also moving when uh, she said that he takes care of her, that Alexander takes care of her, but it felt like, you know, she took care of him. Is that an accurate perception? I, I would say, I would say that's, that's fairly accurate. She seems to be more functional than Alexander. Yeah, yeah she's, uh, Timothy has actually written a book. Oh. So she has, she's very, she's highly functional. Uh, her father was uh, Ishmael Reed, who's the world-renowned poet. So she's, oh got, my goodness. she's got a lot of, um, she's got good genes when it comes to writing. But we we think, it, it feels like she, Alex, she takes care of Alexander, mm-hmm. but they are still, they're part of a generation where I would say they're baby boomers, where it was always the man taking care of the woman. Yeah. So I feel like without trying to um, emasculate him, she uses that term. Ah, oh, wow. That's profound. But we see that she takes care of him. Wow. It's just the more information you give, the more blown away I am by it. Susie, you have some questions. Well, I'm just, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking that when JD and I watched it, she called me back and she said, why is it so short? Because (laughs) we, both of us, I think we both watched it twice and Mm -hmm. it really feels like you've just captured the spirit and the essence of who they are by just having the camera there. And right. and I love that that was a choice not to have the subtitles because it was oh, so honest. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the, the backstory on, on why it was so short is we were trying to, we were going to make a, a feature length doc about mental health within the Black community. And it was sort of like a big overarching piece that we really wanted to tackle from a lot of different angles. However, as you all know, being independent feature makers and filmmakers, we could not get any funding from anyone. Wait a minute. You're telling me that Hollywood would not fund a black schizophrenic couple? Would not. (laughs) Are you telling me that? Would not. So, and so what we did was we, we got a couple of grants, you know, we got an Oakland arts grant and we got another grant. And so we just began this to shoot. So we were shooting and we, we were going to start, we were going to build our story around Alexander and Timothy, but expand broadly. After about six or seven months, we just didn't get any money. So we had this footage and then we moved on to another project, which JD's familiar with, which is about butch black lesbians. And so as we were working on that project, trying to get funding, we decided, you know, let's just take what we have. We can tell a short story with the footage that we've already shot using our own money and our small grants and just tell a love story. And it worked out for us. That's amazing. Yes, it did. But I will tell you, 
we really tried to get money and we got rejected so many times. It was like, okay, I guess we're just going to have to tell this one story. And so we built the story around, you know, the story was built around the lice infestation, which was like yeah. a sort of, um, which was sort of like the, the subject that the story's built on. And we felt like we, we really put that story together. So we just built from there. We were able to find some really good shooters, you know, our, our shooters, Alex, Alex DePaul and Mike Seeley and Jim Choi, they really made it sing. You know, they made it look really good. So we're yeah. really proud of those guys. It really did sing. And, you know, my, the talent, you know, I was a former talent agent. That's how we know each other. Mm -hmm. So the talent agent and the therapist in me really thought, wow, that's a double whammy. I don't know how they, when you were thinking about it, how you thought it would get funded. Because I can only imagine what it would look like in a pitch in a room full of white people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, we knew it would be difficult, but we decided not only would we pitch to Hollywood, you know, we pitched to organizations, we pitched to hospitals. And unfortunately, one of the biggest pitches that we were going to make was to Kaiser. And unfortunately, the person who was the head of Kaiser died like right before we could get our pitch into him. But we feel good about what we did. And, and we also feel like now that we've had this story out there, we can sort of expand and still tell that bigger story we want to tell. Henry, I'm so, I was so hoping you would say that. Right. Because it's deep, as you well know, it's really deep. And you mentioned Reagan. I moved to California in 1980. Oh my God. So that was the time when things started, you started seeing people with mental health issues on the street, as opposed to where they were putting them in asylums or Mm -hmm. or homes, Mm -hmm. institutions, but, but those were gone. And so you would, you would see them on the streets and moving to San Francisco. That's, that's really how the homeless population began in San Francisco from that one moment that Reagan had done. Absolutely. Wow. Interesting. You know, Henry, people think that if you have mental illness, then you're crazy. And JD and I were talking about this. We loved it when Timothy said, well, what do people with schizophrenia look like anyway? Right, right. Was it schizophrenia? Was it mental illness? What was it? Was it that they were African-American, the couple, the community, the relationship? What what was it that drew you to tell this story? Well, I think for 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 Deborah, you know, she really wanted since she'd had this person in her family, she really wanted to tell the story about mental illness from a personal from a personal view. Mm-hmm. For me, I've always been fascinated by all of mental health because it is so. Um, vast. However, there are so many different aspects to it that if you're not familiar with it, then you it is easily dismissed as yes. crazy. And yes. you know, using that word using that word crazy, you know, it horrible. It just dismisses everything immediately. So if you are a person who who suffers from 
from mental illness, you don't know what's your next reaction to someone who dismisses you like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was drawn to that aspect of it. And, and the big overarching picture of differences between people who have anxiety and people who, who from, from the, who are on the spectrum and trying to add them all together. But there was no way that we could do that story and still tell this love story. So at the end of the day, for us, the love story prevails over all. Absolutely. And it really does. I mean, it it just, it's such a love story. There was the incident in the apartment where they have that special moment and he starts to dance (laughs) and she, they're in the middle of the night dancing. It was so endearing and moving and intimate. Talk to us about him and his level of engagement and hers with the cameras, because clearly the ca- she loved the camera. The camera she loved the camera. camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we spent a lot of time with them. So by the, by the time we, we, in pre-production, we spent a lot of time. So by the time we actually started to shoot, they were totally comfortable with us. And we were just an extension of their lives. So during that night, you know, one of our photographers spent the night with them. And when he spent that night, all of this magic began to happen, you know, like when she's sleeping in the bathtub and when he is on the floor and they can't sleep together and, you know, just waking up in the middle of the night and just, her trying to calm him mm-hmm. and all of those things, they were comfortable with us. And that took a minute, but makes sense. by Deborah being family, that also helped them be comfortable as well. Okay. Because they knew we weren't going to try to exploit them. Right. 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 I hope they felt that. There yeah, was a safety. Exactly. You could feel the safety. Yes. You could absolutely feel it felt like what the cameras were doing was just celebrating them. They were, it was just a celebration of their love story. And so often when you see people on the street, or I know for me, when I did my hours at the LGBT center and people would walk in, in addiction or having episodes it, the story, how they got there is invisibilized and people just make judgments based on the label. And right, so correct. you didn't start there. You didn't start with, here's the right. definition of schizophrenia. <laughs> you just told the story. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. There were incidents that occurred as we were shooting with outsiders. But um, like people, yeah, like, you know, tell us. like for instance, there was this, some dude is walking by and he sees Alexander and calls him crazy. And Timothy reacts immediately. And she just jumps in the guy's face. She's like, you know, do not, don't categorize him. You don't know us. And it became a little contentious. But those incidents do happen. One of the other things that we wanted to show was where they're from, which is Oakland. And around Oakland, everyone knows who they are. So when we were shooting, people were like, oh, there's Alexander and Timothy. Oh yeah, we know them. We actually, um, we did an interview over at at, um, 
UC Berkeley at their um, mental health facility. And they were so happy, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're so, we're familiar with them. We love them. And, and so the community knows them. So when you see them, you, you, you know, who's coming, but there are people who, who are still out there trying to be dismissive with them. So, well, the world is going to know them very well. Oh, great. I hope so. They will. Okay, now I have to ask you the obvious question. Let's talk about the fact that you are a Black creator. Okay. Okay. What there are, are a couple some... of us. <laughs> yeah, there, there Thank are. Thank God. Right? Thank God. I'm Thank grateful. God. What are some of the barriers that you do come across and how do you navigate them? Well, for me, since I've, I've been... You've been doing it for a long time. As you well know, yeah, my background is... Mm-hmm. Um, is broadcast and journalism, but what what I do is I'm I'm an adult now. So my the way that I look at things is if you're not interested, I don't have time to try to figure out why you aren't interested. I have to keep it moving because there's a lot uh, there's a lot out there, and I have a lot to give. So I know I just have to wait for the timing for the person to come along who gets what we're doing. Like that's talking to you guys mm-hmm. makes that, you know, makes it worth it. So as a creator, I know that a lot of people back to being dismissive, you know, we're, we're kind of going through this, I don't want to say Renaissance, but there's a movement going on uh, where we are being more inclusive okay. or included. However, there's still a lot of resistance. And, you know, as time goes on, I feel like it's going to tamp down more. However, for me personally, I still have to keep moving forward because, like I said, I've been around and I, I know that it does take a while, but when it happens, it, it will happen. And it usually happens organically, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you speaking specifically post George Floyd when you yes. say there's a renaissance? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There's a movement happening that that we all see but as I said, being an older person, I know how those things can peter out, you know. Yes, exactly. I work a lot with different brands and I know the brands are hot right now on this on the situation but as soon as the next thing comes along, exactly. they try to jump on that bandwagon. Uh, we see the and I, don't get me wrong, I love that they're all part of the LGBTQ community, but it's it's taken a while for them to get involved with it, and we'll see how long they stay involved with it. Ooh, JD has something to say about that. <laughs> don't get me started, Henry. This is, this is only a 40-minute show. We'll have to have you back on to talk about the things related to that, because I, right. I, I take issue with it for sure. I mean, and we see it happening all the time. You know, it's like the new, what's the new, new. Yeah. And 
but it's you can't right. really focus on the new new all the time because exactly. I mean, look, the thing is, is that I'm I'm just so thrilled that you and Deborah ventured out into this arena and I'm excited to see what you have happening next and how much more you can draw. And I'm just, I'm hoping that when people see this film, they want to get on board. They want you to do more. And I would love to be a part of it in any way possible because the stigma is real. We have work to do in the community, Um, just even in terms of relationship issues between black men, black women in the community in the time when when our lives are not valued the way we want them to be valued. I think it's just an opportunity to really start to pull us together and to get us to join with each other and have conversations that are difficult. And this is a way to have one conversation that's difficult. You guys did an amazing job, sincerely. Thank you. You know, thank you very much. And we are very proud. You know, I'm proud of our team because, um, I think, I think we actually told the story we wanted to tell yeah, and, and hopefully we can keep moving, you know, moving forward with it. How long did so. it take to shoot that? We shot, we shot for about four years. Wow. Actually. Yeah, it was about four years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So we got 20, we got 28 minutes. It took us four years to shoot 28 minutes. That is unreal. So what I want, I want to know what's for you, what's happening with you next? What's happening with Deborah next? I mean, what can we look forward to? So right now we are working on the project, which, which I told you about, um, which you know about, which is um, a sequel to a film that Deborah made probably about 11 years ago called The Butch Mystique. Yes. which centers on a group of women who are butch lesbians out there in, in the Bay Area. And the sequel is what, they are, what they've been doing like 13 years later mm-hmm. and talking about that life. Uh, we're also trying to put together a documentary. Actually, we're trying to put together a feature about a book we we got the rights to a book called paper sons which is about a young young asian guy who moves from china to the projects of san francisco and is raised on hip-hop and the the dynamics of his family you know the 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 father and the father sending money to the family in the bay area while he works in china and all those dynamics. Oh, that's going to be interesting. We're also trying to do a, a piece on, um, there's a woman, Hazel Scott, who was a, who was an entertainer in the forties and fifties, who was caught up in the, um, Joe McCarthy un-American issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to put those stories together. Uh, we got we got so many things out there. Some are docs and Great. some are non-docs. So a lot. Oh my That's God! Great. I want to come work with you. <laughs> come on I, up. We can use all the help we can get. <laughs> yeah, please count me in. I'd volunteer in a minute. This is so interesting. Um, I have another question for you before we wrap up. First of all, it's been amazing to talk with you. Just so proud and happy for you both. Oh, it's, great! It's, thank it's thank you awesome. very much. And I wanted, I just, I guess the, the final question I have is, how did you want people to feel after they watched this film? What, what did you want to happen? The way I want people to feel after they watch it is I want them, I want empathy yeah. first and foremost. Um, 
I want them to be able to see how people, how some people with, with mental illness function in the world. Mm-hmm. That is, that's my biggest takeaway right now. Uh, I also want people to know that there's nothing to be afraid of. They are the least likely people to do any harm to you uh, yet you are the most afraid of them. Mm. So those are those are takeaways that I really want people to have. Those but are great. empathy, it's all about empathy for it's us. all about empathy. And, and what kind empathy. of response are you getting? Well, right now we are actually, we're just submitting the festivals and we're, we've gotten into a couple festivals, but we really want to, crack the code to get into some bigger festivals. Yeah. Uh, and then we want to try to get it on, on some sort of broadcast so a bigger yeah. audience can see it. That's great. That's you know? great. Well, again, Henry, amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about it. Super excited for you. And we'll be looking forward to hear much more about it. And anytime you guys want to come back or you want to come back and talk about projects, please know you have an open invitation. Love talking. Oh, thank you. And thank you very much. Henry, for people who want to see the film, where they, where can they find it? Right now, it is not available We're until after the festival runs. So okay. we'll get it out to people and there'll be a place for people to see it after the festival runs. So yeah, anything we can do to help to get exposure or, you know what I mean? Aside from this, like sharing the link once it's available, please let yes. us know. Great. Will do. And this has been wonderful. I love you both, as you well know. Yeah, so, so much. Love you congratulations too. Congratulations on your podcast. Thank, thank you. Sir. And we are thank so you. proud of you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Henry. Okay. Right, thank you. Okay. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.